Baron Baptiste here, David Masters. We are here to disrupt the drift. <laughs> I love that. Disrupt the the usual uh, ordinary thinking, seeing, acting, ways of being in life, and um, disrupt something in yourself. Stir something up, and hopefully, it takes you to new places opening you up to new graces and new kind of momentum and flow and a connection to a higher source a higher source of strength to get tied to your source of strength where you can stand for something stand in the face of anything and do it with people that not only you admire and respect, but those that, that stand with you and respect you as well. All right, so I have a couple questions here. Couple questions. Questions are good, right? So yes. here's the first question. What is more important when setting out to accomplish a new vision or goal? Consistency or intensity? What do you see about that? Okay, I love that question for a lot of reasons. And I don't think it has to be a binary answer. I think it's, I think it's a combination of both. And I'll answer you by, by using two other quotes here. Uh, the first one is, I have no special talent. I am only passionately curious. Albert Einstein said that. So here's a guy who looked at himself in his life, but he had one thing that drove him, and that was a passion of curiosity. And, and he never, ever gave that up. He, he did that until he took his last breath. He was always curious about what made things tick. Now, the other one is also interesting. Uh, it says, it does not matter how slowly you go as long as you do not stop. That's Confucius. And so I don't think that you have to be passionately pursuing something unless, of course, it's what really is in your heart. You can actually approach something uh, systematically over a long period of time. I mean, I know I'm a slow learner personally, uh, and it takes me years. I, I told somebody the other day, my dad used to give me little bits of insight and bits of wisdom, and I would think about it. And one day, 20 years later, I would, it would occur to me, wait a minute, I remember what you said 20 years ago. Now it makes sense mm. to me. I think there's a slow road that you could take, and you shouldn't confuse knowledge and understanding because knowledge you can acquire quickly. Understanding sometimes takes a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, short steps, long journey. St. Paul, uh, somewhere in the Bible said, do not despise the days of small beginnings. You know, often small beginnings are rough. Uh, and, and, but I think if you despise them, what happens with intensity, you get excited about something. You get emotional about yes. something. You burn and you, hot. And, 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 yeah, you burn and you hot. Burn out. And then you burn <laughs> out. You are a candle. You are like a candle yeah. and you burn at both ends and you there, burn man. out. Uh, same, same. And then you quit, right? And then you quit or you start despising those small days, um, those, you know, the begin small beginnings. You know, it's like through patience possess ye your soul. There's that you know, the short, like the long journey, short steps, you stay in, you have patience, things will go awry, things will mess up, people will attack you, or 
expectations aren't met. You'll make mistakes. And the thing is to learn from those mistakes, to discover uh, something, some learning. What, what was the um, Einstein quote? It was beautiful. He said, I have no special talent. I'm only passionately curious. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, I mean, if you approach that with anything that you're dealing with in life, you're starting a business, you're starting you know, health, fitness, yoga practice, med- meditation, whatever. It's like you, you stay in, are you ever any, really any good? You know, I know like people would approach me sometimes and they'd say, wow, you know, congratulations on all your success. And, and I'm like, it doesn't occur to me like that. I, I, it always occurs like I have a long way to go. And, and I've, I've come a long way. And I've come a long way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've messed up and I've made every mistake and I failed and I've, you know, I'm all my flaws. And, and though I just, I learn from it when I can and I move on. And I, and, and but there's something about staying curious and never arriving. You know, there is, there is a time for intensity too. You know, intensity well, it's like if, you know, on the, if you're practicing yoga, like power yoga, or, or you're working out, you're, you know, intensity counts for something, uh, you know, I- intensity of the weight you're using, if you're working out, or the tempo in which you're moving, and maybe you're practicing in heat, you know, it, it's hot, you've got all this different kinds of intensities, there's environmental intensity, there's the physical, muscular intensity, maybe cardiovascular intensity. And it's by creating that kind of stress, healthy stress, that actually makes you stronger. But if you're always operating like that, it's like taking a, a rosebud and, and you want, you get, you're impatient and you're forcing it to blossom and you start peeling away the, the, the petals and, and you ended up with a warped uh, Rose, right? So I cannot be around people like that. They, they drain my life force because I am a process person. So, and I, I don't know how to change that part of me. And I don't want to, because I like working through a process and, you know, I, I, nobody ever taught me how to learn a computer 25 or 30 years ago. I sat down with Adobe Illustrator, which is a fairly complex program. And I figured out then, and after a few years of fiddling with it, I acquired the name Adobe Master because I really understood it, but I didn't understand it without all of the proper attention and time that was required of me to to work through each and every one of those steps. And you know, what's interesting about that is that without going through each and one of those, uh, every one of those steps, uh, it's kind of equivalent to when I was trying to learn how to fly a small airplane. Uh, a friend of mine said to me, and because I, I had the hands-on experience, I was good with hands-on, right? But the the book learning part of it was tough for me. A friend says, "There's a book with with all the answers in it." And I said, "Oh gosh, I have to have that book." I went and bought the book. Seven hundred answers in the book. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I got to the eleventh question, and I thought, "I don't know what the questions are." I don't. So the answers didn't make any sense without the questions. You can have all the answers in the world. If you don't have the questions, you're not going to get anywhere. You just can't. So you have to have the questions, and the questions take time to acquire. Yeah, very good. I love that. It's asking the right questions, not just any old questions, but the right questions in the right time. Questions are, by their nature, expanding. 
questions or like inquiry is expanding, expansive, and where answers are contractive. Oh, I get an answer. Okay, I, I got my solution. I got my answer. This is it. Everything stops at that answer potential. Even if I implement that answer, it gets me one level, horizontal level of maybe some growth or maybe something forward, but then it stops right there. So it's, I get an answer and then put it on a shelf and then keep asking the question, keep peeling the layers away until you get to the bottom. But it's like we skip, we ask a question, it may not be the right or a good question or the question that is going to take us to extraordinary places. So there's a value in just staying with the questions until you get the questions accurate, right? The questions that allow you to flourish and prosper. But we don't do that. We, we think we're so smart. We may share, sit around with a few people and we ask some questions. We all come to one answer and we're like, oh, this is it. It's like I'm always having to like kind of nudge and poke and prod my my team, like uh, you know, people on my team. Like, wait, you all, you're you're asking some questions and you're getting an answer, and then you all agree on, oh, that's the answer, and you get stopped right there. There's layers and levels to explore here, and you have to almost start. Where do you want to go? Like, what's what's the vision? And maybe you don't know exactly, but you know there's more than the obvious. You know, outcome-based thinking is like outcome-based education. You don't just put an answer to a question and have it illuminate you because sometimes the answers that you that you get to these questions create more questions. So in other words, if you're really interested in the question, don't just necessarily look for a particular kind of answer. You know what I'm saying? You, you actually look to find the truth because an answer isn't necessarily the truth. You know, there are a lot of people who say, well, we believe in the science, but the science isn't necessarily telling you the truth. Scientists often find out that everything they thought was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. They get to conclusions. Historically, yeah, sci- science gets to right. get to certain answers, certain conclusions, and it stops there. But it's not, not ultimate truth. Back to the question of what's more important in, in fulfilling on a vision? Is it consistency or intensity or some of both? I have to say that it is a combination of both, but if you had to choose one, it would be consistency. Yeah. Because without the consistency, you could have all the passion as we talked about. You burn hot, you burn out, you quit. Consistency is the key to everything everything. And and let me just quote Steve Jobs here. He says, your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. To me, that's one of the most profound things he ever said for a lot of reasons, because he realized in the end of his life that he allowed other people to influence him into having uh, beliefs and ideas that weren't authentic, that, that actually caused him to waste a lot of his precious time. You know, if you think about it, your time really is limited. The long-term goal is forever. In, in other words, where we're going to go beyond this, where there's no turning back to this. There is no turning back. Where we're going to the beyond is forever. And what you do here and what you don't do here actually matters. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. 
Yeah, yeah, really good. Whenever I lead my trainings or boot camps, things like that, I'm always first thing to say is like, look, take what I say as my ex- my discovery, you know, in my experience in life. But you need to find your own discovery, otherwise, you're living other people's answers. You know, people look nowadays more than ever are looking. They look to experts. They look outside themselves for answers. But then you just you end up living a life of other people's answers, answers to other people's questions. And you no longer think for yourself or you're not living your life. You're living a zombie or uh, some kind of duplicate existence and you become a part of a yeah group think and you lose your individuality you lose your essence you lose uh the unique spark that yeah god gave you but there's also something about the right actions being consistent in in the the right things people are already consistent but they're consistently doing things that are undermining that are sabotaging that are undercutting their confidence, their own discovery, their own living their own life, right? So it's like, you know, there is something about um, in the Bible, it says, you know, the people, a people without vision perish. There is having vision uh, and perhaps it's your calling to living true that you then, you're walking that path, that, 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 that north, that kind of true north that, that lines up to your northern star so that you're taking actions that allow you to live true, consistently. Um, that makes sense? Yeah, because we're already consistent, right? <laughs> we're doing the same things again and again and getting the same old, you know, uh, crappy results. And, and if you don't, don't learn from your mistakes, you're doomed to repeat them. And that's the sad part of that consistency. Because if you haven't learned anything from making mistakes, if you're afraid to make mistakes, that's a problem in and of itself. you got to make mistakes in order to learn. But if you don't learn from your mistakes, your consistency is a pile of garbage. It just turns your life into a waste. Yeah, you know, one thing comes to mind. Like I remember when I was a kid and, and I went to India with my parents and you see the bamboo farmers there. And and they you just see these fields, open fields and you see the farmers out there watering just earth. There's there's no, nothing grown. It's just full earth, and they're putting hay on it, and they water it, and they do that for two years without seeing anything. But what and what I learned was they bury the bamboo shoot um, something like six feet under the ground, and for two years they water it, they fertilize it, they nurture it. They just keep showing up without seeing anything. But they, they're out seeing anything, but they're believing that something's percolating underneath. But they consistently just keep showing up. And then after two years, the, the bamboo shoots up to 90 feet in 60 days. Yes. I love this example. I love that. And that is the perfect example of consistency. Yeah, because growth, growth doesn't necessarily come when you expect it. <laughs> it comes at its own time. It comes when growth is is primed, you know. Yeah, yeah. Life is organic, not uh, linear like that. And 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 there is intensity when when the bamboo shoot rises up. Oh yeah, ninety feet. There's some intensity around that growth, right? Or the 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 chick breaking out of the shell. There, there's a level of intensity to to break itself out of the shell that that enclosing it. It develops the strength from from that stress of of breaking out. 
You know, something Buddha said, uh, he said, do not dwell in the past. Do not dream of the future. Concentrate the mind on the present moment. And what happens is that if we dwell in the past, uh, if we get fixated to things that have happened, that have held us back, or if we have uh, dreams about how life will be when we get to this certain place and everything's going to be just the way we want it to be, that in and of itself is a, a, a perfect futility. It's a total setup for disappointment. It's a setup to undercut confidence, to undercut faith, trust. Because uh, I think true faith and, and trust and confidence is born out of trusting as a life's unfolding moment to moment to moment. And when you doubt, you, you undercut confidence, you undercut faith, and you undercut your own potential and participation in life. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And, you know, there's, there's so much that you can actually extract from one idea, like the idea of, of passion. I, when I think of passion, I think of the quick burn. Uh, and when, when the chick is trying to peck its way out of the egg or when the butterfly is going out and coming out of the chrysalis and, and turning into the butterfly, it only lives a day after that. And so I think it's important that you, you reserve your passion for the moments where it really matters so that you can exert it in full force and then go back to the consistency. Yeah, and that's intensity, the, the, the full force. And more than ever, it just seems like people have gotten soft and complacent and undisciplined and scared and you know, not putting themselves out there in the world, not putting their voices out, staying silent, not, not you know, wanting to ruffle any feathers, you know, going along to getting along, um, keeping the peace. And, and so they, people stay soft because their whole life is kind of oriented around getting people's approval and, and not being judged, being liked. But you don't develop the muscle through the struggle. The struggle, the opposition, the adversity uh, is preparatory to greatness, to, to growth, to virtue. You know, this reminds me of something that Joel Osteen said. He said, you're not defined by your past. You're prepared by it. You're stronger, more experienced, and you have greater confidence. If you are prepared by your past, you, if, you're, if you're defined by your past, then you're dragging behind yourself in some time lag. And that's sad. I mean, you look at people. I watched the people that walked down the street. I saw a guy today swerving down the street. What was going on in his head? Did, he didn't realize that he had all the opportunity that he ever needed in that moment while he was swerving down the street, drunk or stoned or whatever. In a car? He didn't see. No, on foot. On oh. foot. But you could see him. He was, he was, his, he, he was wobbling. And, and this is what happens when you don't stay uh, focused in the present. You get distracted. You get pulled away by all of the things that give you a false sense of well-being. And that false sense of well-being is death. Again, it's the wrong answer. To the, <laughs> it's the wrong answer, right? I mean, drinking, you know, any kind of addiction, it, is, it, it's an answer. And, and it's, it's an answer that doesn't. You know, it's answered. It's an answer to something like the pain you feel. You know, there's some right question, perhaps, of why am I feeling this 
or what, what's this experience of pain or deadness or aloneness or numbness, you know, and staying with the question, consistency in your curiosity. But we get, again, we get an answer. Oh, well, that drink, like that drink or that drug or that puff, that, that's, that's the answer. That's, and, and, then, and many people go that way until they realize, well, they either end up yeah, dead or sick or never coming out of that kind of stupor, or they finally wake up and go, wait, this is the wrong answer. This is just creating more compounding, piling on more problems to be resolved than, than uh, yeah, just the pain that I'm feeling uh, at the heart of things, right? So it's because um, the better question is, well, wait, what, what's this? this pain what's this aloneness what's this like this abs this emptiness is the absence of something and i know for me it would be the absence of something greater god uh, my creator my maker my my source um because when i'm disc that's the one thing i have more than ever the fear of losing that connection with my source my God, because when I lose that, then I default into, yeah, that depression, that loneliness, that, that world of just all that. I fear going into that. I fear the disconnect from my creator more than whatever goodies will take me away from my source uh, and take me over into that world of not. Churchill, Winston Churchill said, success is walking from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. That's Elon Musk. You know, I saw this um, amazing documentary on Netflix about uh, SpaceX. You know, it took them 19 years to get their first rocket to work properly. 19 years of failures, rocket after rocket after rocket. And finally, when it worked right, and you know what's interesting, because they showed a, a, a situation where on the second rocket failure, all of his um, scientists and all the people that surrounded him that were involved in the project, they were, they were completely like beside themselves. Like they, they felt terrible that, it, that they spent all these years working and it still didn't, wasn't successful. So Elon Musk grabs them and he pulls them into his office and they thought, oh man, we're all fired now. He's going to give us what for. And you know what he said? He said, I believe in you guys. He said, you're doing a great job and I don't want you to quit. I don't want you to stop. I want you to continue moving forward. See, that's what it really boils down to. You know, and, and I got to tell you, you may have, you may verge on having a nervous breakdown. You know, you talk about passion and consistency. This guy, this guy is a strange combination of amazing things, that Elon Musk, and people like him and, and, and Churchill. Success is walking from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. There's something special in a human being that doesn't let setbacks destroy their vision. Failure is, is something to learn from. Exactly. Uh, you know, it was uh, Madame Curie who found this little tiny bit of radium in, in, in the pitch. And it was years and years and years of searching. Any great thing can only be great because of the effort and the energy and the difficulty that is infused in it. I mean, think about it. It's interesting. People get stopped by failure. And when you fail, especially if you fail out loud or publicly or 
you know, in front of peers or it's a great fear of people. So people play it safe. People get very attached to doing things perfectly or not doing them at all because if you fail, there's humiliation, there's uh, a loss of admiration, loss of respect, there's you'd be judged, you'd be you know, aborted, you'd be canceled, you know, all those things. But if Churchill also said, you know, if you're going through hell, keep going. And I think there's something about the consistency of even when things are not working, even when things are, are seem to be falling apart around you, even when you, things go awry and you fail, you learn from it, you pick yourself up and you keep going. If you're a leader, like what you point to with Elon Musk, he pulls his team and he said, yeah, like we're failing, we're failing and don't quit. Like keep going. Not one negative word. Not one negative word right, from him. When you're failing, you're, I've learned this. I had to learn this because I remember years ago, if, if my team was, if, if, if things were failing, things weren't working, I'd lose it you know, with my team. I'd get upset. And, but I realized that's actually not the way to go. The time to give encouragement is when things are failing and not working and, and to keep curiosity and keep moving and encourage people, lift people up and keep, keep the eyes on the prize, keep moving. Yeah, if you're going through hell, keep moving and take your team with you. And then when things were going really well, you, you have to watch out for people get, get comfortable really quick. It goes to their head really quick. Maybe if you're a leader or a, um, you know, of a business or you know, of employees or peers or whatever. Re I learned this working in the NFL. Because if you're winning a game and you're, you're toward the end of the game, I started seeing how, well, the coaches, that's when they, they keep the players extra uncomfortable because very quickly, if the players, the team's winning, they immediately like, oh, we've got this, we've won this, and there's two minutes on the clock, we've won, and that's when the other team comes running in and, and takes it away. <laughs> and so, but there's something when you're winning is the time to actually look that's when you give critical feedback or, or keep pointing to, well, that's good, but it, it actually could be better. You're looking for the mini failures, the, 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 tight, you know, the, the minutia, the failure, in the small failures to improve things when things are going really well, to keep people you know, looking to keep improving, keep growing, keep developing, whether it's the product, the things you're working on, and, and, and or your own, like, performance, your ways of working and, and showing up and delivering. But there, there's, there's a time for both, but there's something about keeping moving when things, when there's failing, because that's when we get stopped by failure, it's, it's, we quit. And if you quit, you actually fail. But if you don't quit, you can't fail. You may end up somewhere than you, ex other than you were expecting to go or to get to, but you but it may be like extraordinary. It may be like a, an awesome place that you could never have even imagined, but you kept going and the, the, the hell you're in, it was uh, like fertilizer. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting. Einstein also said what counts can't always be counted, but what can be counted doesn't always count. And you see, what we do is we look at this whole world through the prism of the human eye the human mind, and we see the world as we are. And we count the things that we think need to be counted, but those are not always the things that actually count in the long run. I, I think 
in the final result, in the end, that's when we will know. In the end, because even like with Elon Musk, he wants to live on Mars. He wants to go there and be there and be a part of a whole new <laughs> human race. These are the, the, the beginnings of the steps that he's taking. I'm telling you, he believes that the human race has to become multiplanetary. But you see, he, if he didn't have that vision and if he didn't fail for 20 years, he wouldn't be making steps towards his, his ultimate vision. And I'm saying, you know, we all could be like that if, if we just didn't. Well, first of all, you have to be objective. You have to step back and look at yourself. You have to see what actually matters. And you have to, from that point of view, you also have to see what doesn't. Most people can't sort that out very well, unfortunately. And here's another one from Aristotle. He said, it's the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. Well, here's what we have to do. We have to be able to look at all these things that are going through our minds. That we're consuming, the, the social media, mainstream media, uh, propaganda, uh, gossip, narratives, all those thoughts, different thoughts that are being consumed, to be able to look at them. And not necessarily absorb. Accept. Yeah, people are so gullible. It blows me away to watch how someone can call someone out for some wrongdoing or some, you know, kind of cancel culture thing, tear someone down, like just rip someone and how people pile on. They, they buy into it. They accept it as so. And they just pile on those people, pile on the attacks, pile on the comments, pile on the bandwagon. They join the force. It, 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 it blows me away. So I say that quote one more time. I love that. It is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. You know, most people are like silly putter. You know, they silly putty. You know, in the old days, we used to take the silly putty and put it on the cartoon section of the newspaper and it would make an impression. And that's how most thoughts affect people. And that's what it, part, part of what the world knows about us. And this is the hypnosis of life is that we do not have a firewall. We don't have a way to keep those impressions from being made upon us. And I mean, have you ever been exposed to an idea and wish you'd never heard it? Yeah, even a, even a, ba a bad song. <laughs> and it just keeps playing over and over. Yeah, yeah even a bad song. It's like, oh, my mm. God, why, why did I listen <laughs> to that? You know, so you, you have to, it, it takes a certain amount yeah. of mental strength to be able to defy that. Yeah. As the Buddha said, defy the stream. Defy the stream. Yeah. From the sea of all the same. Yeah. Okay. Really quick. I'm going to read a quote that you sent me and then uh, we'll each, let's just each riff on it real quick and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. So, okay. Epictetus said, any person capable of angering you becomes your master. What do you see about that? Oh, but it's absolutely true. I mean, it, because the person who is moved and, you know, the word emotion is a very important word that pe most people don't understand. It means to move from it literally means from the Latin. It's almost like wind in the sail. If somebody can upset you, well, they have already taken steps toward owning the rest of your behavior. And, and so what happens is when you give up your self-control, you have allowed somebody to take it over. And that's all people actually need to know. Step back and realize somebody's trying to take over your mind when they're trying to upset you. Yeah, they, they become your God. 
they become the priority force, the, the priority. They, they take the lead in priority over, over your own center, over your own soul, over your own peace of mind, right? They, they, they over you living and breathing in, in, in the moment from your own heart, they, that person becomes your source, a source outside of yourself, and and yeah. and here's what's weird about it. Here's what's weird about it. You volunteer to give them control. Yeah, yeah. Uh, willing or unwilling dupe. Conscious or unconscious, right? But but mostly unconscious because when somebody, you know, when you see a bar scene fight, and somebody says something to the other guy's girlfriend, and he feels, and it was the Will Smith moment, the slap that was heard around the world. Will Smith looked at his wife. And she looked at him, and he knew he had yeah. to do something. Yeah, yeah. In that moment, he lost control of himself, and he lost. Yeah. He lost everything. Yeah. He really did, but he did it by choice. It, he he wouldn't say he wouldn't say, "Oh no, it wasn't." I had to do that. He really felt in that moment he had to do that. People feel like they have to give others. I control. wonder if it a choice or a compulsion. I would argue. I would argue that Same it's a thing. compulsion. One is mm. just wrapped up. One is wrapped up, though it's cloaked uh, in choice. When you have a compulsion, it's cloaked in choice. I yeah, can yeah, quit smoking totally. anytime yeah, 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 I yeah, yeah, want. Yeah. I can quit drinking whenever <laughs> I enjoy. It's good for my, yeah. The red wine, you know, studies show it's good for my heart. Yeah, I could quit whenever I want. It's good for me. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I've got. I don't have a problem, and yeah. and yet their their life is a mess. It's cloaked. A wreck. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's cloaked yeah. choice. So there's a you know to put it into a, a religious context, you could also say it's a idolatry, in a way. Like you're. Idolatry is worshiping something or giving power to something other than your creator, other than God. So if you're if if someone angers you, you they've they become your source. Uh, you're they become in a way you're worshiping them. You're giving them. You're handing them the power, your power, the power. The relinquishment of freedom. The you're, you're not operating from God. You're operating from it's idolatry. You're worshiping an object outside of yourself and outside of your own source. If you think about it, though, there's an impulse, and the question is: like an animal doesn't really have much choice about obeying or disobeying its impulses. It has to kind of do what its impulses tell it to do. So. When my dog hears something, yeah. he jumps up and he barks, brain. and that's an impulse. Like a honing salmon. It's just like automatic, right? Automaticity, yeah. Exactly. But with us, we don't have to obey our impulses. That's what the definition, that's what defines us. That's what separates us from the animal kingdom. We've got choices that we can make. Now, if we make rationalizations about why we do the things we do, that's actually more dangerous than actually obeying the impulse because then now we've compounded it. We've made a compound mistake and that can compound until the very end of our lives. It can go on and on and on. And then it, it builds conflict. You build conflict with yourself and then drugs and alcohol and smoking and everything else becomes attractive because we want to feel like we did the right yeah. thing when we didn't. 
Yeah, and we'll keep justifying that we did the right thing, even when it gets more and more, more and more clearly the wrong thing. And we'll keep arguing for that right thing to avoid our own wrongness being wrong, right? It's an assault on our, our pride, our ego. They can't admit being wrong to anything. Yeah. Well, and this, uh, a way, a different way of being, and maybe we can wrap it up here, but a different way of being is to maybe come to stillness and in, in, in awareness and cultivating your ability to watch, to, to observe yourself as the observer, so you're the almost like a third a uh, a third place to look from, or from a higher uh, vision, a higher awareness, where you're aware of aware of of your environment or a stimulus, and you're aware of your response to that stimulus before you even respond. Or maybe it's react to, to be able to watch the potential reaction in the moment and to just stop, see a reactivity, your inner feathers starting to get ruffled up and fired up and an intensity and aggression rising, aroused, and you suddenly stop the ability to drop in to center and fall awake and be in, in a kind of stillness, an inner still point. I'll, I'll make this last point. You cannot be in denial about something you don't already know about. There's a knowing about everything that's going on in us. If there wasn't a knowing, if there wasn't a consciousness, you could never be in denial about anything. Trust that knowing. I've had that many times in my life, and, and when, when I've just even sensed people in my environment or in my sphere, even though they, by all appearances, look and seem great and nothing wrong or out of order, but there's just something off, something dark, envy, something in their eye. And when, yeah, whenever I've doubted that, I've lived to, to yeah, regret and then have to learn. Like, okay, no, you got to trust that inner knowing. It's for real. Yeah. Yeah. And we all have it born with it and you lose it or you cultivate it. And what you don't use, you do lose. And then you end up in places you don't want to be in life. So wake up and smell the stillness. All right, my brother. Thank you. It's always good. Always good. Peace out. Till next time. Always good, Baron. Peace.